0: Everyone and welcome to the atomic cinema experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always as Tara greeting citizens this is a science fiction movie podcast every episode. We get together, we talk about a science fiction film of some kind. This episode is actually a Patreon vote winner, because every month on patreon.com slash TV our patrons at the $5 tier and up will vote between four films. This particular vote was all four movies where action heroes or action stars were in a science fiction film. Uh, there was one Stallone, one Van Damme, so on and so on. The winner, of course, was Total Recall, starring all Schwarzenegger. This is... The original, of course, 1990, Paul Verhoeven directed. We will start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get into the spoilers. And
1: Do you think it go. was Arnold Schwarzenegger that won the poll, or was it Paul Verhoeven that won the poll? I think,
0: I think it was Michael Ironside that won the poll, if I'm honest.
1: <laughs> I've decided I'm going to name my son Ironside. <laughs> it's the coolest name in Hollywood.
0: It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I was tempted to say that I think they voted for Sharon Stone, but I thought you know what? No, our patrons are exactly the, the nerdy crew who would go for Ironside over Sharon Stone. <laughs> this is not about attractiveness. Not no one picks Michael Ironside because he's attractive. They, they pick him because he has presence.
1: Yes, a great voice, but a sh- mostly a great name,
0: <laughs> and also a great skull. He skulls really well. He's got us, you know. Yeah. The eyebrows the, the
1: Right. He's got the he's got the permanent angry face. Yes. And it's something about the smile too. The smile never comes off as trustworthy.
0: Nah, it's always like he's plotting and skimming and
1: Or he's just won something. Yes. You know through through evil means.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, what a illustrious career he's had. We're on to star in the hit film Terminator Salvation. Which we also already reviewed, so you can go check out our discussion on that.
1: <laughs> At least you got to do a very movie.
0: That is true. That's true. Uh he's done a Cronen- Two, actually. He's done a Cronenberg movie as well.
1: Hmm. I heard this movie was almost a Cronenberg.
0: Do you know that doesn't surprise me given some of the things that are in it? Yeah, you know, I'm thinking yeah. The, the the you know the, the the body horror stuff. Like I I, I could see Cronenberg doing this. Hmm. I could see Kronenberg's version but a little less uh, mainstream in the sense that I could, I could see it being less I don't want to say coherent, but like... There's okay. something about
1: Verhoeven films that are like like bubbly and pretty looking, but also just so grotesque and it's a, it's a strange Verhoeven... he has a look.
0: Yeah, Verhoeven knows how it makes something feel kind of pulpy and adventurous, despite the fact that it's also got these very sort of, you know, big science fiction themes. I mean, I think casting Arnold in your lead role also kind of adds to that a little bit. You know, it's hard to think of like a cerebral film and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger who's in the lead role. Casting him does give it more of a a playful vibe maybe than it did mm-hmm. have before. Um, but yeah, to- why is Total Recall if you didn't know? I mean, because it's from 1990. I mean... You know, you're not old like us. Like you, you may be someone who's like just hitting seventeen and going. I'm watching movie reviews on the internet, and I, I want to mm-hmm. know what this is. Uh, well, listen now, youngin, youngins. <laughs> this is a, uh, a film where Arnold wakes up next to his wife, which is Sharon Stone, and. he really wants to go to mars he really wants to go to mars this is in the future where you know that's normal uh as are the moons of saturn uh well they never actually say the moons of saturn they all just keep saying saturn i'm just i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and assuming they mean the moons of saturn and not literally on the planet
1: probably like titan or something yeah.
0: yeah 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 so that makes sense but he wants to go to mars and the wife's like no no that's that's no we'll talk about this later she's really not for it but he sees yeah. an ad he's on the subway or the tram or whatever futuristic version of this is and he sees an ad for for recall which is this like memory implant so you can't afford a proper voc- vacation. you can you can uh pay for like a fake one but it'll feel real in your head like you'll have had it mm-hmm. and you'll have all the memories and
1: not just that but you'll have <laughs> had the perfect vacation no no kids screaming around you no no um obnoxious taxi drivers. (laughs) It's all like the perfect... The weather's always nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a pretty good deal. So he goes for this, and then unfortunately, though, when they try and put it in, they discover there's something already... Someone's already basically messed with his mind. There's already, like, memories that have been taken away. And... The film's kind of about this mystery where he seems to be someone who has been on Mars before despite the fact that he doesn't remember being on Mars, and he's part of some sort of conspiracy, some kind of agent aligned uh, with some sort of villain but part of some sort of resistance, and there's people after him trying to kill him, um, Michael Ironside being the leader of that group, and ultimately ends up going to Mars, and there's a whole plot in twists and turns. and. Yeah, so that's basically that's basically it. Uh, so obviously, we'll save the rest for spoilers, uh, and we've both seen this before. Of course, this is something that I'm sure we both grew up on. But Tara, how do you feel about Total Recall?
1: Yeah, it's still great. <laughs> I've seen it many times. It's a great movie. I will say the when I when I have seen it before, I've seen it many times, like before the age of twelve, mm. and so even though I knew all the scenes. And all the dialogue for some reason this time i got so much more out of it
0: i actually agree with that i don't know if it was necessarily this, like this time or would be the last time i watched because i have the blu-ray i have to I, I think i watched the blu-ray when i got the blu-ray in like 2011 or something like that mm-hmm. so you know i definitely have watched it as an adult not recently that, i mean that was nine years ago now but as an adult um but i do think i i think i didn't like this as much as a kid as some of Arnold's other movies because I, I was an arnold fan i, I watched a lot of Arnold yeah. movies i think this one whale well, had a lot of cool things in it i don't think i liked it as much as a kid because I, th- I think the plot was actually just a bit too confusing for a kid there's yeah a l- definitely there's a lot of i like... was thinking
1: that too i was like wait this is an implanted memory i don't think i remembered that as a kid
0: <laughs> yeah like, I-, I i feel like as a kid I-, I couldn't follow kind of the logic of the the memory right. and the fake memory but then like, he wanted another memory and like, i actually think watch it as an adult it's easier to follow Well, yeah. But the point being is that, yeah, you follow the story better and it makes a bit more sense. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I do think it's really enjoyable. I think it holds up better. Because of that, I feel like it holds up better than I remember it holding up because, oh, it's actually better than I thought it was as a kid. Uh so that's good. It's still not Arnold's best though. I mean, you know, it's not Terminator and it's not maybe one or two other things. Like Predator, for example. I think we make both sides. yeah no, but
1: we get so much Arnold like one liners yell grunting.
0: Oh we get yeah. <laughs> we get grunting yells, we get we get like three good one liners after deaths. Um yeah. well we'll get to what they are in spoilers, but oh baby, there's a couple of great ones. Um <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we get... Um, it's an all-star cast. I mean, even the, the the main bad guy, the politician who's like running Mars, uh, Kohagen, he's played by Ronnie Cox, <laughs> who you might know as the boss or not even the boss, like the main bad guy from Robocop or Axel Foley's boss from Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, so, and apparently he's still working. I clicked on his name just before you came on and like, he's, he's still in stuff in like 2020. He's he's oh, quite really? strong, yeah. He's, he's he's an old man now, obviously. I mean he looks Good like a him. relatively old man in this movie already, to be honest, but he's still going. <laughs> he's yeah, I man really now. know
1: from, from Robocop. I've seen Beverly Hills Cop, but it's been a while.
0: Hmm. No, I agree on watching those two, so I I've got pretty vivid memories of all those appearances. Um but yeah, he's in uh, Beverly Hills Cop one and two, I think, if I remember right. Um, because he's not his boss at his precinct. His boss at his precincts. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember his name, but he's the the, the fast talking, loudmouth. Uh, he's the boss at the Beverly Hills precinct. Not oh, that really matters. Okay. I was <laughs> just before people correct me. It's like, oh, I wasn't his boss. Well, okay, technically it wasn't, but it was the boss at the other precinct. Okay.
1: Anyway,
0: right. <laughs> um,
1: Everyone, delete your comments now.
0: Yes. Uh, Michael Ironside, <laughs> uh, the bad guy from Twins, is like a got a small role in this as well. He's like one of the resistance. Mm-hmm dudes uh, more than him yeah. in him I was wondering where
1: I knew him from
0: yeah that's him because I, I don't trust him when he pops up because I know him as the pure villainous dude from Twins and because Twins is like a light hearted movie except him because he's like this really dark character in Twins Yeah. Uh, I just I don't trust him he's so menacing mm. But his
1: green
0: eyes yeah I, I guess he got the Arnold uh, like the, the two for he got to do two Arnold movies
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was like yeah he was good we'll bring him back for this movie I don't know which one was first but uh, I'll say twins. I think twins was first, but
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah,
0: uh, and then Melina the love interest—not uh, to be confused with the wife. More on that later. <laughs> uh, she I, she's actually one of the few big uh star or few big characters in this that I don't recognize the person at all. You know, aside from this movie. Um, that said, now that I've clicked on her name, the second thing she's known for is Con Air, and as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh yeah, I could I, I could see her at Con Air so i don't know who she is fair enough uh the actress's name is rachel takoten um and yeah she's still working she's done a lot of tv shows uh good for her in the last several years so pretty podcast paul verhoeven of course uh fairly fresh off of robocop it's, it's
1: yeah just- it has to be pretty recent or pretty quick after that
0: Robocop was 87, this is 90. Did he do something in between those two, or was it this like straight after? This was straight after. I was not know. This was his, okay. this was his next film. I heard that, um,
1: that Schwarzenegger went after him because he watched Robocop and liked the style of it so much. Oh. That they went. Yeah. Schwarzenegger, like when Cronenberg wasn't involved, Schwarzenegger got involved and said, I want to work with Fearhoven.
0: What's interesting about that is that the first trailer for Robocop actually used the Terminator theme.
1: Oh, yeah?
0: Yeah. So there's a weird kind of cyclical thing there. Was it just that,
1: did it?
0: I think so. I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I I remember like I, I heard that, that the first teaser for Robocop had the Terminator, because it was Orion Pictures who the Terminator mm-hmm. was doing Robocop, of course. And, and funnily enough, this movie's uh, at least one of them. Karoliko. Karoliko, yeah. I mean, TriStar as well. And obviously now TriStar is Columbia TriStar because it's merged with Columbia and they're Sony. But like... A convoluted web of movie studios and their histories, but it's um, okay.
1: They're all about to go away. It'll just be Disney, and then we won't have to worry about it.
0: <laughs> well, I've got wor- I've got worries for that future. Just, just not the same worry. Let's talk about music. I want to talk about the music a little bit because Jerry music's Gold- pretty good. Yeah, Jay Goldsmith did the score. Who, of course, is an old, old-timey composer. <laughs> old-timey, yes, it's bad uh, he did Alien. He did you know a bunch of big movies. Mm. uh he actually, he, Joe, it's funny, he almost did the Superman score, and then mm. for some reason he couldn't do it, so, because uh, I was watching an interview uh, like years back, it was Richard Donner who directed Superman and Christopher Nolan, they had like this sort of sit-down conversation with each other, and Donner was telling the story how he, they almost had Jerry Goldsmith and they couldn't get him, and Christopher Nolan just says, oh, so you had to make do with John Williams. <laughs> 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 um, but he, went Jerry Goldsmith, went on to do the Supergirl movie score, which isn't as prolific, but it's got a good score. Like if you listen to that music, it's clearly from someone who knows. What yeah,
1: didn't he do like a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes too that we've watched? Already? Oh yeah,
0: probably. He did the Mummy from nineteen ninety nine. You know, um, uh, you know, up until his time of his death, or to, uh, he, you know, he was very prolific. He did a bunch of bunch of stuff. Um, mm. This is actually from a time where movies had opening title sequences so most movies had like a main theme even if the main theme didn't really appear that much in the movie itself and that's an example right. No, don't get me wrong i prefer if the main theme does shop at least once in the movie properly but this does have the big main theme at the start which then goes into you know the, the end credits as well but um I, actually this is a main theme that i always forget about until i start here. i start like the it's like and then the drums sort of kick in and the strings kick mm-hmm. in and I'm like oh yeah i remember this music and i always forget about it Yeah, it's pretty
1: it. exciting yeah it's a, it's a good score it's good yeah
0: um uh, and another thing that i think we have to talk about is the overall design of some of this because you know we're, we're in a future where everything everything's a set pretty much because mm-hmm. they're, they're either on and you know in the the domes on mars or even on earth we're in kind of like i describe it as a everyone future yeah they, they kind of live in kind of 80s future yeah everything looks like inside of a shopping mall i guess at this rate but as but like a futuristic shopping mall
1: yeah or like a a shopping mall that's inside of a subway
0: mm-hmm.
1: not like a sandwich place but like a place where you <laughs> to
0: catch the subway yeah i think we got that yes yes uh <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course the the, the big x-ray like you know security gate where they're walking through we have this goofy visual effect of the skeletons walking <laughs> walking past i know
1: it's so funny
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's charming though i think most of the like, because most of the practical effects really hold up uh you know oh, look, i agree you know they, uh, they look really good the best, i think because when we get to mars we get to like mutants and we get to, i mean everyone remembers the three boobs you know the three boob lady um we forget you know, it's, that's <laughs> what it is, um, which I guess is an easy thing to cast for in a sense because it's technically not actually doing a topless scene, even though it is kind of, but it's not because her real boobs mm-hmm. are covered, so she wouldn't feel that insecure, so, don't,
1: you know? Right. <laughs>
0: no, it's definitely like a, a, a full piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> All not like they,
1: three of them are fake.
0: It's not like they add one to the middle. It's not like they go, okay, we'll just separate these two and plop this one.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Is this? It, it it's just I don't know, I don't want to ask this question. <laughs> Good, now go on. Give me the question. Is this a thing that men want to see?
0: Uh, I, I can't speak <laughs> or is for it
1: just fascinating because it's boobs and it's
0: that's all. <laughs> I can't speak for anyone else, but what I will say is that I have never found this remotely attractive. Or does that answer your question? <laughs>
1: I mean, it leads to a great line, but...
0: Oh, no, it does, yeah. I wish I had three hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There may have been a cut there because we were giggling too much about three boobs. Um, so,
1: <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, we have... It's like... such a Verhoeven thing to have.
0: Uh, yeah, it's like Verhoeven... <laughs> I mean, this next movie was Basic Instinct, and, like, I-, I may have cut out a lot of the jokes earlier about a certain scene in Basic Instinct with the legs crossing, because, you know, we're a classy podcast. Uh, we are. But, I mean... That, there are children present.
1: Uh, I watched the the other Verhoeven one that I've seen, which isn't like a American one. is uh, It's called Black Book, I think.
0: Yeah, I've not seen it, but I remember that coming out.
1: Which is a it's a, it's a movie that was filmed in the Netherlands, and uh, it's about like um, about the Dutch when it was occupied by uh, the Nazis. And it follows just a Jewish woman and the things that she has to do to survive, basically, during that time. And also, like, falling in love with an SS officer, but also, like, being part of a resistance. And uh, the woman, she's played by, oh, her name is Clarice something? Ooh, she plays the red woman in the Game of Thrones series, so I'm sure everybody listening or watching (laughs) would know what I'm talking about except for Peter. Um, But it was very good, but it still has that like just hint of your overly sexual. Yeah. And it might just be like the attitude of where he comes from. Like, is this just isn't a thing here? Like it is in the U S so, you know, when we watch it, it's a little bit like, whoa uh we we're going there okay but like maybe yeah, maybe I mean, the dutch don't have that you know the same
0: i mean because obviously even hollow man has a, pr- a couple of pretty extreme scenes despite the fact that it's yeah. a pretty mainstream like sort of horror thriller for the most part mm-hmm. or sci-fi because as it's a sci-fi we could probably do that at some point i'm a did invisible man yeah so the hollow so hollow man makes sense uh but like unless you do it for screams not, for, not Hollow Man, I don't think. No. You don't think so? No. The new Invisible Man is definitely a horror movie because they're definitely going full, like, stalker. Like, yeah. It's
1: Blumhouse, so.
0: yeah. yeah, it's Blumhouse. If it says Blumhouse, we're going to assume it's horror. I mean, it, that yeah. could backfire occasionally, but for the most part, that's going to work out okay. Uh, <laughs> but, like you know, Invisible, you know, sorry, Hollow Man has a couple of prote- you know extreme sequences, right? Like, he, he is mm-hmm. definitely a director who says, okay, we've got an invisible character, we're going to have him rape someone and sort of see, like, the horror of that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he's definitely a director to do that, and I think, maybe it's like a, not so much specifically Holland, but maybe it's like Europe, because, you know, you have H.R. Giger, right, who everything he did for Alien is all penises and vaginas, and Maybe it's mm-hmm. just you know, mainland Europe is just a very sexualized place. They're all just obsessed with, with body parts. <laughs> they're all obsessed with, you know, maybe <laughs> just all the bits we're not supposed to show on TV. That's the bits they're all obsessed with, right? <laughs> they're a bunch of horny buggers. A lot of them.
1: I mean, Black Book is actually a really decent movie, mm. it, but it it does have that sprinkle of the Verhoeven. I don't want to call it – it's not perverted. It's just like this is not a big deal to show, so we're just going to go ahead and show it.
0: Casual kink. That's what I'm going to call it.
1: Okay. (laughs) I said, yeah, a bit too fast. I said, yes, (laughs) to the casual part. It it definitely belongs in this time, though.
0: Oh, sure.
1: Veerhoven feels like in the 80s, even though this is 1990, it's like the tail end of the 80s, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just that transitionary year before like the nineties yeah. kind of solidified what the nineties was. Yeah, uh,
1: Weirhoven feels like like what, this era.
0: What one of my one of my things with the nineties actually is how it's kind of lacking for its own identity because it it kind of feels like a transitionary decade between the eighties and the two thousands where the 80s had such a strong voice across the board yeah. that the 90s didn't know they're how nice, to... The 90s like,
1: okay, everybody, just, just cool your jets. We're just yeah. going to cool things off a bit.
0: But <laughs> some of that 80s stuff kind of still bleeds through, so it ends up feeling kind of like this weird, I don't know, like aftermath of like a proper mm-hmm. era as opposed to being an era on its own. Um, yeah,
1: it's like the like the uh, withdrawal period from all the coke <laughs> that everyone did in the 80s. <laughs> and, then,
0: and then the 2000s is kind of sterile for my liking gray and brown and all that stuff and this is the thing it wasn't even just movies video games were the same way like video games like before the ps4 and xbox one like you know that, that you know years of war and all that everything was brown mm-hmm. all the call of duties were all brown and gray Like everything was just dull and depressing yep. um and then thankfully this past decade we were able to bring you know some color back into yes. <laughs> back into things uh, I know, I've been nice.
1: playing Doom a lot. This movie makes me want to play it again.
0: Well, as on Mars. as <laughs> so on Mars. Um, and not even just that, those ancient artifacts and shit. I know, so... I keep
1: expecting like a little red fire blob to like spawn a cacodemon, like ah, get out my gas cannon.
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: been playing a lot.
0: Ah, oh, you such a dumb nerd. Uh, so <laughs> Yes. So, but I was I was talking about the design of the sets and the the, the various creatures that I like. Obviously a lot of practical stuff, uh, which is really good. Um I did laugh at the uh, the self-driving cabs because it made me think of Time Cop. Even though Time Cop mm-hmm. didn't have the little mannequins at the front that says I'm a Johnny Cab or whatever he said, I can't remember what it was.
1: I recognize the voice of the of the actor oh? it. it's Robert Picardo from Star Trek Voyager who plays the uh this the ship's um, emergency medical hologram mm-hmm. in Star Trek Voyager.
0: I wonder, yeah. uh, see, when they cast him for Voyager, and he's in the room, and they're looking at his name on the call sheet, and they're like, "Picardo, we have to cast him, right? We have, we have to do it, right? <laughs> Just because it's funny." Do uh, we have to call
1: you Captain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: he's even, he's even got the same like head as Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah so Same same i mean hairline. patrick
1: stewart really paved the way for for bald men in hollywood
0: mm, yeah yeah it was okay to be bald after patrick stewart <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know
1: he had an audition with a wig on
0: i did not know that
1: yeah he had an audition with a wig on he had a toupee <laughs> oh. you could, it's it's out there somewhere it looks ridiculous
0: so well, did he think they would only cast him if he had hair so he was trying to trick them or
1: Roddenberry did not want to have a bald captain because he thought that in the future mankind would have cured bald <laughs> 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 which is the thing people with hair would say <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> like it's so- not- is someone who doesn't have a great hairline right <laughs> I don't think we need to spend time curing baldness alright I don't think so either <laughs> it's fine I- it's always been
1: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we want to talk about perverts, Gene Roddenberry in those later years. Oh,
1: he's at the top. He, he
0: was a sick pervert. Watching Next Generation for the first time, like having done the first two seasons now, some of the yeah. crap he was Once you slick. get to
1: that planet with all the curly haired blonde people, you're like. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, some. Cr- and then just Tasha Yar's backstory, like you know, like. Everything. Everything about it. Just nothing but devious sexual escapades going on. Um, so <laughs> but yeah, it's Total Recall. I guess we're at the point that we're going to just work through the movie and talk about the, the various happenings and spoilers and and so on. Uh, so I will take this time to thank our patron producers for the month. So thank you to David Short, Tyler Hess, Alison M. Fordyce and Cindy Palacios. So, thank you to you guys. Tara, why don't you tell them how they're, well, you know, what a patron producer is and where you can become a patron producer and where you could maybe just be a regular patron. Sure. Cure, <laughs> if you like what we do. Cue the Patreon segue to Tara. <laughs> smooth.
1: Real smooth. Uh yeah, if you like what we do and you want to support the channel, you can check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash TV, and donating as little as a dollar per month will get you bonus episodes of our show, which uh, we've already talked about. You can see what the Transfer Saga is all about, though you probably already know because it's the most influential science fiction franchise of all time, as uh, as everybody knows. Um, and if you want to get your name <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get your name read on uh, on our show as a producer, it's uh twenty dollars a month, I think. Yeah. And uh, kitty cats will, will cheer for you.
0: Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
1: I can't believe he lets you do that.
0: Mm. Firefly lets me away with everything. He really does. <laughs> Wesker and Garrus, not so much, but Firefly is like, yeah, ragdoll me around, I don't care. Like, just keep, keep petting me and feeding me and you can do what you want. Uh, <laughs> that's Firefly's attitude. Um So, yeah. Only because it's so cold out there right now. <laughs> for, for, oh, Firefly would be shit himself if he went outside. He's too scared. Like, see, see if you open the door or windowed your Firefly, he just sort of stares at like, I don't No. Do go
1: out in the outside world?
0: No, there's <laughs> beings out there. There's yeah. other cats and foxies and things. So yes, full spoilers for for Total Recall. So yeah, um, the opening scene is a dream sequence in which Arnold's on Mars with uh, presumably the love interest from later. I mean, I think the dialogue implies it's her. It was hard to tell though because they've got space helmets on, so you don't really get a good look at their face. I mean, Arnold, I just know Arnold really well, so I can tell it's him. He's got yeah. a very distinct face. Uh, but, you know, she's got you know, all her is obviously like, tied back because she's in the helmet and you know it's, it's not as obvious, but, uh, you know, they're basically, they have like a sort of romantic moment where they sort of look at each other and then they, they slip and fall or whatever, and they're rolling down and we get this great, and I always remember the visual effect, the special effect of this prosthetic head's eyes popping, but what I didn't remember okay, so was how much the tongue bulges up as yeah. well. That was really good. You know more about the it science of shit than so I do. How accurate is this? Because <laughs> it doesn't feel accurate to me. It feels kind of like over the top. Oh,
1: I I don't think it's accurate at all, but I, I don't know.
0: I, I feel like if you ended up outside on Mars, you would just suffocate and die. There would be, I, I, I wouldn't have thought you had to have this big bulging effect. <laughs> but I mean, I could be wrong.
1: Mm, I'm not sure. I've heard mixed things about what happens to the human body and if it gets blown out into space. But I don't know. I don't know what's true
0: yeah okay
1: okay
0: uh so he wakes up uh next to sharon stone and she's like oh my poor baby my poor baby uh <laughs> with sex cheer you a up nightmare let me
1: have sex with
0: you <laughs> <laughs> and he's like all right then um uh, but then it's breakfast and he's watching the news and he's like oh that's going to mars like all all this stuff with this uh cohagan like he's he's telling us like it's because we hear that we hear that there's like there's like a there's like a, a resistance on Mars that are sort of doing like small terror attacks and like they're fighting the the, the you know the, the government the agency
1: yeah there seems to be some kind of a class system on there that's being oppressed and
0: yeah and arnold's a good little uh, republican who's like no nah, no nah, I'm, I'm sure he's telling the truth and it's all under control there's nothing nothing really going on Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, he wants to go to Mars, and he kind of, you know, and she, and she very clearly is like, ah, oh, keeps track of change the subjects, that's in his lap, and, uh, Joe, you know the one thing I probably didn't notice as a kid, that I definitely noticed watching it now as an adult, is that both her and then the guy he works with, at the end of their scenes, give him this look like they're concerned that he's, like, asking questions about things that he's supposed to be not caring about. Um, yeah. I don't think I noticed that as a kid, whereas here I'm, no, they're clearly so, teasing that they're- Yeah, we're in spoilers. Yeah, we're in spoilers.
1: I know this is kind of like the end question.
0: <laughs> yes. But
1: if people are watching this and they've already watched it, so sure. whatever. Is there a chance that this isn't a dream?
0: Oh, the opening scene?
1: I mean, like, his... The the movie. like The opening scene, I, I assume, isn't. But, like, the... <laughs> In his experience, is there a chance that this isn't a dream? Because I've looked at this too and saw like like she's, she has this look on her face like, uh, like she's happy, happy. And the second he leaves, she gets like real serious. Mm-hmm. Is it trying to trick us to think that maybe this all isn't a dream?
0: This all is and a dream. Isn't. Isn't a dream.
1: I think it's obvious that the movie is a dream, but. I think that's what they want us to think. Wait, you think but the whole- no, no no there's these little things in here, like
0: these books. <laughs> no, hold on a second. Do you think the whole movie's a dream?
1: Well, not the beginning part.
0: <laughs> Wait, I thought- <don't... laughs> I thought I Wait, you like, don't think so? We're opening a cat of worms here. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh. I thought it was obvious. That's why I'm confused, because you're like- Do you think they're trying to convince us that it's not a dream? I'm like, we are talking about it. Isn't it a dream? <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? Oh, here we, oh, this is going to be this is going to be exciting now. Okay, I wasn't expecting this. Well,
1: all right, never mind. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think we tackle that as we go, because there'll be evidence for and against as we go. I suppose. But. Mm-hmm. So, but this to, is
1: like the first sign where it's like, okay, maybe it's not a
0: dream. I agree, but why would we be thinking? Some of you were watching it for the first time. Why would we be thinking there is a dream at this point? Well,
1: at this point, no. <laughs> okay. Well, no. I mean, obviously, whether or not the events of the film are a dream, this part is real. But, like, her and, and the, the work his co-worker, you're right. They both, like, have these moments where he's like, ah, oh, he's figuring things out. And this is not the dream part yet.
0: Oh okay, okay. So so you so let me just clarify here. So you're not saying the whole movie from when he wakes up is a dream. You're saying when he goes to total or he goes to recall and goes in yeah. the chair from that point on is a dream. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I agree with that still, but that's less crazy than your previous <laughs> what I thought you were saying before. Oh.
1: Well, no, because that was never what I was saying before. This has always been the case. Oh,
0: good. So, well, no, yeah. no, but I, I misunderstood. <laughs> I thought you meant from the start, which is why I didn't understand why you were saying that this was a sign that it's not a dream. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Of course it's not a dream. Let's just say it's a dream. <laughs> yeah, not this scene. <laughs> this is why you listen to the Ace folks. You listen to for these these uh, these hot takes. The debates. Um so it's inception is what you say it's a dream within a dream no kidding right oh Uh, it's definitely inception oh god here we go alright so and the matrix it goes to (laughs) work it goes to work and he sees this ad on the way there about recall and he asks his uh like mob boss looking friend who works with him because and this scene establishes that he knows how to use power tools uh, in this case it's a, big, it's a big drill that he's using which is important for later because one of the best uh, one liners comes later on uh, <laughs> when he uses a drill to kill someone and he's like hey did you ever hear about this recall place I can't do Arnold's voice so I'm just doing generic character oh, voice you want me to do it okay on you go hey
1: have you ever heard of this uh, recall place <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then, well, I, I, for some reason, one of my my memories of this movie that are so vivid is just this guy going, Rico, oh, Rico, Rico, Rico. He does this thing where he sort of sings a like the theme tune and I'm like, well, I've never heard this so it just sounds silly. Like, what's he doing? Rico, remember Rico, Rico. the theme
1: playing in the commercial even.
0: <laughs> I know, it's, it's so weird. But he, he says, nah, nah, they lobotomize someone because they made a mistake so you shouldn't go there and he looks all concerned. But sure enough, Arnold goes straight there after work and he's already made an appointment. <laughs> he's literally already made an appointment and he comes yeah. up and I love this idea that's set in the future and there's a lot of screens but instead of having a touch screen like even Die Hard which came out before this had and wasn't set in the future this has a big chunky computer keyboard <laughs> like stuck onto the wall love it <laughs> <laughs> it's great
1: it's the future we go back to very tactile senses
0: hmm yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes up and I should it's mention it's like
1: it comes back
0: the advert
1: like it's better this way
0: the advert actually for a recall the actor who was like the presenter in that i just saw in an episode of star trek the next generation and i commented on that episode that i know that actor from an episode of lois and clark uh, the new Adventures of superman he plays the landlord it's a very unique voice he does so you pick up indistinguishable as soon as you hear him uh mm-hmm. and we do see him properly in the flesh later but uh yeah, so he's, he's a bit. We have this sort of sleazy, like used car salesman type guy who's like, actually running this the, the show when he goes in. Yeah, like, I
1: was thinking he was very much like a car salesman.
0: <clears throat> he's like, hey, you want to go on a vacation, but you, you know, you don't want to get shitty to cab drivers. You want to get ripped off by the food service. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. You want 889 credits. And we have no context for how. how expensive or cheap that is because we have no idea what a credit's worth right a hundred eight hundred and in credits could be like yen and be almost nothing or it could be like you know a thousand dollars for all we know like we it could be ten thousand dollars we have no idea like where that lands so
1: it sounds like a lot
0: and even this guy, I actually thought this guy was in on it at first because for, I'd forgotten if he was when he's because he says I want to you know look at Mars. He's like, "The one bit Saturn," because that was the same thing the wife was doing. He's like, "Oh, let's go to Saturn for a trip." Um, he's not, but like the way he kind of tried to sell him on Saturn instead, he's like, "Okay, fine, you want yeah, Mars?" Yeah, it
1: seems like to me, it just kind of came off like if you go to Mars, you'll be disappointed. Don't waste your money. Mars is not as good as Saturn. Saturn, you got the rings. You can go to the Moon, Titan mars is just a dead red planet with nothing to see
0: yeah and then he's like okay i'll take it and he asked about the lobotomies and he's like "Nah, seriously here's here's a chart of like all the fatalities of actually traveling to mars and uh, here's a chart of the all the fatalities of using recall and as you can see we have a flat line <laughs> where's Whereas the traveling There's to Mars no danger, is, is yeah. getting worse, and he's like, "Okay, you've convinced me," and he's like, "Let me give you some, you know, optional extras." And this is really—I mean, he already felt like a car salesman, but this was like just really like drawing the parallels. Yeah. And he's like, "Gotta get the
1: true coat and the, <laughs> the undercoat, <laughs> and the, the leather seats, uh, power steering."
0: <laughs> and Arnold's like, "Nah, I don't want any extras." Like, yeah, but let me ask you this question: Like, what's the one thing that's always the same in every vacation we have take taken? You. You're always you. Why don't you be someone else? Why don't you be a you know a playboy or a you know a sports hero or something? Mm-hmm. And he's like secret agent. He sees it in the list. He's like that's the one. Um, yeah. And the opening scene, the dream sequence, and in this, I kind of I read this as his subconscious kind of like bleeding through, even though he doesn't remember these things. He kind of like has mm-hmm. this. He gravitates towards them because it is closer to his life for what it was. Um. So. Assuming
1: that he was a secret agent before like something is definitely drawing him to mars right yes like even though saturn does sound like a better place to go to mars is like no no, it has to be mars mars is i'm just drawn to mars he has the call of the wild for mars Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want any of this extra you know bs stuff bullshit (laughs) (laughs) with the exception of maybe a secret agent oh I could do that. That for some reason is calling to me.
0: Yeah, they sent me so, the, yeah, they sent him in the ch- chair and they're like asking him all these questions t- so they, so they can mould the story for him and they're like, Okay, what sort of lady do you like? And they like, give him some options and he's like, Oh, brunette He's like, Oh, it's like what sort of build do you want? What personality do you want? And be honest. And he's like, Sleazy <laughs> He's like kind of, he's like embarrassed to say him. he's like sleazy.
1: With Demir, Demir sleazy.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> And I mean, I suppose if I'm going along with your argument that the rest of it's just in his head, because this is essentially the 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 trip he's given, what, you mm-hmm. know, that he's paid for. Um, okay, yeah, the idea that the the person on this like little computer screen looks exactly like the woman that he ends up meeting and the woman that he's been dreaming about.
1: Um, I mean, there's so much here in these scenes, though. Like, even the salesman's like, "Look, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but you, you, uh." You you get the girl, you defeat the bad guy, and you save the world, <laughs> which by the way is huge spoilers.
0: Do, but... <laughs> I don't know if that general statement's a huge spoiler. It's, you know, it's a movie, <laughs> like right. This
1: <laughs> this spoiler of what he's going to experience. So. Yeah,
0: like I guess I just don't think the movie's like trying to do it because it feels more straightforward than that if that makes sense. Mm. Like, there's a, there's a couple of points in the movie where, where I felt like maybe they were trying to play the idea that, oh, he's still like, asleep from before and, like, oh, that's an interesting angle to take this, that he's actually still inside the dream or he's still inside the, the recall memory or, or whatever. But, honestly, there's not a whole lot in the movie that makes me think that it's not just literally what we see, which is, in doing this implant or these oh, memories... I don't know.
1: I, I think the movie follows the the guidelines that <laughs> the salesman like lays out for him not just that but like there's a there's some kind of tech guy when he's about to go under that says huh blue sky on mars interesting but then it gets like talked over by the the lady doctor and that's really okay, like, literally okay.
0: like maybe you'll <laughs> maybe you'll convince me by the end maybe you will but i don't know like like i the... think
1: it's intentionally ambiguous so you can go either way
0: yeah Honestly, I've never really even given it a thought though. I've I've never thought to myself that like I, it's it's always just made sense to me that this is like just the the plot trigger because to me the real twist of the movie isn't oh it's all still inside that you know him sitting in a chair just getting the memories. The real twist of the movie is that he's really the bad guy. Right? That that's mm-hmm. the real twist of the movie. And why I don't necessarily think it needs this extra twist, but like I mean I mean, maybe it'll convince me. Maybe we'll convince me as we go through this. <laughs>
1: So, I don't know. I think this movie's layered.
0: <laughs> hey. More layered than the, the fat woman disguise that Arnold uses later.
1: Ooh, that's a scene that always stuck with me. From, oh, yeah. Like, watching the, it as a kid. The visual,
0: the visual of the face coming apart with oh, Arnold's wow. like fake head inside it, like, waiting. So awesome. <laughs> it just looks so good.
1: It, and she's just, like, malfunctioning and tearing her face apart, like, or, like, pulling at it.
0: You're like, oh, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> uh, so, uh, basically, Arnold's freaks out oh by the way do you like the idea of being able to just change the color of your fingernails by tapping them and just like go doop doop um so i don't know So long as they still
1: don't chip my nails always chip
0: i, I, don't know.
1: I mean yeah nail polish is so much work
0: Fut, future <laughs> technology i don't know there's just there's one thing they pointed out uh but he he basically wakes up in an anger and they run in and have to like sort of restrain him when he gets out um and he gets scared and i guess this is maybe why i don't think it's a dream is because there's scenes without arnold like
1: yes that that's also a thing like yeah if, if it really was his dream then it should all be from his perspective but it's not we have scenes with villains and stuff who are talking amongst yeah. themselves because
0: well, what i was thinking here is that after arnold runs out and like he's like he's like you know he's berating the two lab techs who are like putting the, the, the stuff in and they're like, okay, he can't, you know, he's just he's just thinking about some of the, the 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 you know the story we're putting. He says, no, it's not possible. We haven't given it to him yet. There's a whole scene of them like arguing about what's happened to him, and it ends with him saying, look, someone took his memories. That could be serious. I'm going to go and erase the fact that he was ever here. You erase everything on this end, and we're going to pretend that we didn't know him because we've stumbled into someone who's supposed to be a secret or something. You know, they're scared of the agency coming after them. Yeah, um, and all and of we- this.
1: Which does kind of make sense too, because I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger in like the construction crew with all the other guys looks so out of place. Oh yeah, <laughs> and his wife is Sharon Freaking Stone. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's just married to some construction worker.
0: Yeah, because yeah, even her dialogue is kind of weird. Like, where he's like, "Oh, I feel like I'm meant to be more than this." Again, this idea that he has this 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 feeling deep down that he is more or, than what he is.
1: Or, he just legitimately wants more and, like, a bunch of the Twilight Zone episodes we watch, he's just looking for an escape, and this is (laughs) giving him that.
0: (laughs) Yes, but again, then Sharon Stone, again, let me repeat that, Sharon Stone, his wife, says, you are someone important, you're the man I love. And, that's what she says to him. And I'm like, "Mm."
1: (laughs) I mean, I'd say that's a win. (laughs)
0: If if anything, this is the the more like likely to be the dream part of the movie because Sharon Stone's like, "I love you, husband." <laughs> like, oh, come on, <laughs> come on now, come on now. Um, but you know, he's on the run. Some people have it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the friend from work, quote unquote, shows up with a mob of guys with a gun. He's like, "Well, I'm going to have to take you out." Uh, but Arnold, like, it kind of again, his memories kind of his, his reflexes almost kick in, and he's able to like kill them yeah. all. He goes into Jason Bourne. Pretty much. That's essentially how you describe it nowadays. Yeah. Uh blood on the walls. It's a looks really good. Uh he goes on the road. He goes home and Sharon Stone's like got a hologram teaching her how to play tennis. Um, as you do.
1: It's cool. And it, like tells her when she has good form.
0: hmm Yes.
1: It's like a it's like a what's that video game where they teach you how to play guitar? It's like that. Uh, Rock something.
0: Yeah, because obviously there's guitar here and that, but there was there was one that was actually about learning to play guitar that came later. Rocksmith, yeah. maybe.
1: Rocksmith. Yeah, I
0: Sounds think that's right. it. Um. Yeah. No, okay, I can see that. Uh, so he comes out. He's got his eyes all bloody, and she's like, "No, no, you're just hallucinating because you went to that recall place. That place is bad for you." And he's like, "No, look at this blood." And she's like, "Ah." Um. And it plays this next part really well, where she calls Michael Ironside on the video phone. And what's so funny is that you know they've got these like little screens built into the walls for like you know video phone calls, and I'm like, what are we doing literally right now? If <laughs> that's so much neater and futuristic, uh, but. <laughs> I, I like how it shoots this, but like it gets shot at. But the camera plays it like it's a mystery who's shooting at him, and we just kind of see like the flashlight in the darkness, and mm-hmm. you know it's, 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 it's like a big reveal when it turns out to be her. And he's like, "Honey, what are you doing?" And she's just like, you know, spin kicking at him and, and all sorts. <laughs> um, and this is where we get to a moment that I would forgotten about, and I will now in my head in Jurassic Park when we get clever <laughs> girl. He is a fan of Total Recall, and he is quoting Total Recall because in Definitely. this scene, uh, Sharon Stone basically says, "Okay, you caught me." He's like, "Hey, I, st- I liked having this assignment Do you want to go for it one more time, just for old time's sake?" And like, if you don't trust me, and she has this thing with like her like her spandex, like sort of just like the straps. Velociraptor
1: did to Muldoon.
0: Try to distract him. Yeah. Try to seduce him. Yeah.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you said.
0: Do we have to review Velocipaster on this just to, <laughs> just just to keep the, the Velociraptor train going?
1: <laughs> Veloci- oh I think I've seen the poster. Yeah, yeah, that.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a
1: real thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, T- tabbing the T-Rex pot- potentially as well. I don't know if Tim's calling dubs on that one. i have to I'll have to check.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know. I might watch it for
0: fun. So this, <laughs> Hey, it's Denise Richards. It seems p- fascinating. Paul Walker and a dinosaur. I mean, <laughs> anyway, uh, so basically, she's trying to distract him, and then he notices behind him. He turns around and sees, like, Michael Ironside, and his guns have shown up, uh, and he's like, you can do the Arnold voice. Say it. Oh. <laughs> um,
1: clever girl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was terrible, but yes, it was better than I was going to get there. Uh, that was more Terminator. Yeah, so clever girl.
1: Ah, oh, I can't do it. Uh, it's getting closer. <laughs> it's
0: getting closer. So there's a lot of running. There's a lot of ducking at cabs. Uh, there's a whole shootout by the uh, the X-ray machine and all that stuff. We, we see them fighting. The skeletons fighting, and then they go through the glass and uh, they they get away. um and what's interesting here is that you know after he, he flees and michael ironside and that come out one, one of the henchmen goes down to sharon stone and is like oh you okay and michael ironside goes up and pushes him me because i don't touch her right and i'm like wait the thing and the kiss at the end of the scene and there's a moment later on when they're getting the car after like uh arnold's gotten away and like the sort of the second command like the dude with the glasses uh is with them it's like hey yeah if i was you i wouldn't want, want my missus shacking up with with that you know I don't remember what he called him. I'll just say beefcake. <laughs> and he's like, Wait, are you saying she liked it? And he says, "Like, No, I'm sure she hated every minute of it. <laughs> I'm
1: sure that guy watched Terminator.
0: Well, what I love about this is that, because we find out later that the main bad guy, uh, Cohagen, doesn't actually want to kill Arnold. But it seems like every chance to they get, they try to kill him in this first chunk of the movie. But I do like that it's kind of justified by the fact that, no, this is just Michael Ironside going off books because he really wants to kill him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because he's been,
0: you know, sleeping with his wife. Yeah. Um, so I I, I, I do like that part of it. I, I like that little motivation there. And Michael Ironside's great. Look, he's fantastic. He's such a good villain. Yes. is. Um, so... Basically, there's like a mysterious phone call with a case. In fact, yeah, can we talk about this this ridiculous old woman who tries to steal the case that's left for him? And she's like, I love this moment so much because Arlo goes to so he's left this this big briefcase by a payphone, which, by the way, there's no no cell phones in this future. It's <laughs> no payphones. Um, that's okay. And he goes to get the case, but just before he gets there, this random like sort of middle-aged older woman like picks it up. And he's like, "Oh, sorry, that's me." She's like, "Oh, get your own case. This is me. I don't see your name <laughs> on
1: so it." Has I a- love this scene. I love th- because there there are movies where people will just leave a briefcase around, and it's like, "Aren't you worried that someone else will just take it, like <laughs> steal it? Like, hey, free free brief- briefcase. Let's see what's inside. Maybe there's money or something valuable." <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's just his old granny. Yeah, this is mine. Get your own. <laughs> I don't see your name on it, Arnold. I also like the idea of Arnold having to wrestle with an old lady. Look,
0: like, <laughs> I totally get her just trying to take it because she thinks it's up for grabs. But I think the moment some dude says, "Oh, that's mine," sorry, is if maybe he just walked away a second ago, right? And he just he's realized that he's left it there. And he comes back for it. Most people would go, "Oh, sorry, here you go." <laughs> right? Yeah. Definitely. But but this woman's like, no, no.
1: Ah, Fader's Keepers is mine.
0: uh and this briefcase has a, has a video message from himself pre-memory gone and the story that he tells himself at this point is that he did work for the bad guy cohagan but he turned sides and he teamed up with the resistance and he went into hiding because he has knowledge that the bad guy wants and that's why he's here on earth and we actually find out that uh, i think sharon stone said at one point that they've been married technically for only six weeks so th- th- this this has only been going on for six weeks This. uh This Mm. implant thing. Um, Right. But do you know my biggest problem with the It's a Dream, you know, it's just the the, the story, is that I I think I can't look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and not go, no, he really is a superhero. Like, this has (laughs) to be true, because he's not just a guy who works at a construction site. That's just not who he is. Sure. But, I mean...
1: Yeah, I I totally get that. Um, Maybe if he was a more normal-looking human being, and not a a god, like, then... yeah.
0: Literally anyone who's not like Arnold or Sir Stallone or maybe Van. D- like, like if this was like a Ryan Gosling, I I can take him as like a normal, normal. I mean, sure he's attractive, but sure, he's he's a normal be, dude. W-
1: maybe it would be one or the other, and maybe not Sharon Stone. Maybe just like a attractive <laughs> woman.
0: <laughs> Go on, Tara. Name a plain looking actress. Go on, <laughs> give me a plain looking actress. <laughs> um, Helen Hunt. Bit of an age difference in this casting that we're doing, but okay. 1990? Well, oh, 19- well, okay. Well, in that case, it's not Ryan Gosling, then it'll be. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's not someone will be too young. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's at six at that t- Ryan <laughs> time. Gosling,
1: 1990 Ryan Gosling, who would that be?
0: I don't know. Well, it might be Michael Bean. Oh, now I want Total Recall starring Michael Bean and. In- Helen Hunt. <laughs> That'd be all right, huh? I <laughs> uh, we got Bill Paxton in Helen Hunt a few years later.
1: That's true. In Twister. Yeah,
0: she's making the making the aliens rounds. She's doing a movie with all the alien cast. So we <laughs> got we got your Harlan Sigourney in a, in a movie. We got your Harlan Lance Henriksen in a movie. Was
1: Jack Death in any of them? Oh, Tom Tomlinson. Tomlinson.
0: This movie would be about ten percent better with Jack Death.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it would be a 10
0: <laughs> so uh, it sets up a, pl- a little uh, device here that isn't used until like, near the very end which is this little hologram duplication thing where it kind of makes a duplicate of them uh, over like by and it kind of mirrors these image- his- his movements uh, it's a long time before we use that it is- it's effective once it is used I mean I like the scene that it's used in yeah
1: but when it does get used I forgot about it
0: so did that. I, because he has a great one-liner actually in that, because he, he does a whole thing where he, you know, he's just a hologram, they all shoot at him. Uh, and my only problem with that is that because of where they're all standing and shooting, they really should be hitting each other because they're just sort mm-hmm. of like directly across from each other but whatever. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then, like, so the, the scene goes on, they're doing a bit of a game of cat and mouse and they don't know, is it the hologram, is it not? And at one point, Arnold walks out and goes, you don't even know if I'm the real Quaid. I am and I just... just <laughs> <laughs> i love that moment that moment is so freaking he, good he
1: starts like cackling ha 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 i'm a hologram it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: actually, it's so I see. And that's a legitimately great scene uh that i'd forgotten yeah. existed in this movie total recalls went up in my rankings just just from this rewatch uh, definitely definitely um i mean is it, is it higher than some of the stuff that i've got up top no because like, we'll get to Predator someday, but you, you, you've heard our tens for Terminator.
1: Yes. Um, we'll see how this ranks online.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh. Maybe
1: it is top tier. Stay tuned to the end. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever get there. We're getting there, we're getting there.
0: Yeah, so he's basically... Maybe go-
1: a lot of plot, that's all.
0: Yeah, basically it's like go to Mars and it cuts to a ship landing on Mars, which I guess is maybe the... The one thing I always felt as a kid is that the movie feels like it just jumps to Mars almost Mm -hmm. very suddenly, and I feel like yeah, there's no travel. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, Um, but like
1: all of a sudden he's at customs.
0: Yeah, on Mars, not like on this side, (laughs) like the Earth side. Uh, But he's on Mars, and he has the the woman sort of disguise, and it malfunctions, and that you know it does it does. And not only does it like the face come apart, it comes apart in like rectangles, which is just a really cool visual. (laughs)
1: Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. And you get the, the the fake Arnold underneath it.
0: Yeah, and we learn about the uh, the domes. Now, I do have one critique here of the movie's logic, right? Later on, there's a moment where they're chasing Arnold and uh, uh, Melina. Mm-hmm. And the henchman, the bad guy with the glasses, doesn't take the shot. And then Michael Ironside tries to take the shot, and the, the, he has to jump in and stop him. Is like, are you crazy? You'll crack the dome. You'll kill us all. So I have a question. Like, you have domes on Mars that are vital to the survival of every person that's there, and you're telling me they're not bulletproof. <laughs>
1: they well, they don't allow guns. That's why they had the the the, the sequence on the Earth airport, right?
0: Okay. Sh- Wait.
1: Sh- okay. Where sh- they're looking for unauthorized guns.
0: Sure, but here's the thing: if this, if these domes are, are designed to like. Take like all the weather conditions of Mars, they have to be pretty durable, right? That's true, yeah. So, I don't know, That's I'm sweet. just it felt a bit weird to me. That well, we-
1: my yeah, my logic is that I have a flaw is that you know, air isn't made from fans, <laughs> fans should make wind, but they don't make oxygen.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll buy that the oxygen is getting made further down the pipe, and then this is just sure. distributing it. <laughs>
1: i i just buy it as like this is a video game arnold is because i think that this is all a dream so arnold is just you know this video game logic. Oh,
0: I, I get it you're explaining away plot holes with oh it's all in his it's <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what you're doing all right all right
1: well it makes sense then if yeah. we know that it's a dream
0: yeah so arnold gets away and he he goes to this like he gets the cab driver first, and he goes to this hotel that he's supposed to go to. There's a note in the safety deposit box, which leads him to the strip club, or the whorehouse, or whatever this place is. And that's where we meet uh, Melina uh, and a few other characters. Hey, Foxy. Tara's dog making a, making a cameo. Making a cameo on the show. So we're in a strip club, and Arnold meets Melina, and she... Looks excited to see him at first, but wants to get alone in a room. She smacks him, and he's like, What the hell are you doing here, Quaid? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I don't remember. I don't know you. Like, I know in theory, I know you, but I don't remember you. My memory's been erased. Um, and the bad guy wants me, so we have to do things. And she said, basically tells him to get lost uh, at this point in the movie. He just kind of goes back to, like, a, a hotel room. And the dude from Star Trek that I talked about, who was in the ad for Recall, shows up and tries to convince him that he's actually inside a dream, still Mm -hmm. on the chair, and he's having some problems. And he has to take this pill, which presumably is actually just, you know, some (laughs) some something to knock him out. And well, he
1: says, "You can't, you can't, um, we can't pull you out. You have to willingly leave."
0: Yes. So and then. Sharon Stone shows up and like, hey, honey, I'm here. Like, it's me, your real wife, and I want you to wake up. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole moment where he's like, he's, he's considering it, he puts it in his mouth, he doesn't quite swallow it yet, and then he just shoots the guy in the head, like, just point blank in the he, forehead. There's a
1: bead of sweat that comes yeah. down his face. And he's like, he takes that as a, as a sign that he's lying. He's lying. He shoots that, him straight in the brain. I think that's solid logic, honestly. <laughs> he's lying (laughs) why would he be on Mars? why would this character be there?
0: because he is the head of recall the company and he Mm -hmm. was on Mars because him and uh, Kohagin like did this in the first place because as we see later on they've got their own recall suite they're doing all these mind things Mm -hmm. he's the one behind all that shady dealings on mars Mm -hmm.
1: or (laughs) he's still in the recall place (laughs) and they're about to have another lobotomy victim unless they figure this out and so they've sent him into his mind or whatever inception style and his wife is also there and he tells him if you don't if you don't come willingly and you shoot me, you're gonna to have to deal with the consequences of your reality like crumbling before we lobotomize you. Okay. Well, like, you won't be able to tell what's real and what's not anymore.
0: Okay. Two things. Two things. One I think the reason why I never feel this, what you're describing, is because everything that happens in this movie, well has this cheesy element to it that you could say, Oh, it's like this because it's in the dream or it's in the you know, when he's getting the recall <laughs> It doesn't feel any. He's
1: literally in but a simulation of a like a James Bond. Let me, like he's let, me
0: to be a agent. let me finish. Let me finish. My two points. So, I nothing in this story that he's living out. If he's living a fake story, is actually any cheesier than most of the stuff that Arnold was in at this time in his career, right? They all they're like late eighties, early nineties. This is on par. This doesn't feel like it's over the top for that era, right? Oh,
1: I. Disagree. No, 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 no,
0: no. <laughs> I'll stop by that. Number two. So you're telling me that this doctor and his real Sharon Stone wife have came mm-hmm. into his head Inception style. Why then, after he shoots the doctor, does Sharon Stone become villainous Sharon Stone again and he try told, and kill him? He
1: tells him that that's what will happen. Like if you shoot me in the head, you you have nothing anymore. There's no there, we can't take you out of here. The walls are gonna come down.
0: No, no, in, in no, no, reality. No, 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 But no, 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 no. You're telling me this Sharon Stone is his real wife, who's inside his head Inception style. Why does she specifically start punching and kicking it's not in the her finger again?
1: It's his, oh, wait, it's his imagination.
0: It's, it switches. It was her a minute yes. ago, and
1: it switched. Because th- he says that will happen if you sh- if he kills
0: him. Look, Tara, I I will admit that you have something for the I most think part. I you this no, movie. I will <laughs> admit that you have something for the most part with this theory. I think it's perfectly valid. This moment, though, I think this, I think
1: this Star Trek guy lays it out on the table. <laughs>
0: this po- for This point you're making about Stone here, though. In defense of my, my poking holes at it, I don't think it adds up. I think this is the one fundamental disagreement we'll have is this moment. No,
1: I, I think it does. I think you need to rewatch this scene. Go rewatch <laughs> it and we'll come back.
0: I think you need to rewatch Close Encounters again so we could talk about how it's about communication. All right. Oh, I see. You're
1: losing, so you're bringing <laughs> something else up. <laughs>
0: Actually, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I was editing the next part of the the Top 50 yesterday, and I made a joke about Close Encounters when you brought up Arrival. (laughs) So I just, I felt like bringing the joke back again.
1: Uh, Uh, I feel pretty, pretty, pretty good about uh, being right about this movie and you being way wrong.
0: (laughs) No, I think your overall theory is fine. I just think this particular moment, your deduction of Sharon Stone's involvement doesn't add up for me.
1: I, well, I mean, what happens is exactly what he says is going to happen. He doesn't, he does not say. There's no other reason why this guy would be here on this planet.
0: He does not say that his wife will turn into an assassin again and start trying to kill him. He says
1: that you will not have, you won't, you won't be able to have any grip on reality anymore. He he literally uses the analogy of the walls coming down. And, and yeah, she is taken away. Like the real person (laughs) is no longer in a link with him when he kills him.
0: I just, I feel this is a far cry from the words you're using here, where you're saying he says exactly what's going to happen. That is not exactly yes. what is. T-
1: <laughs> he says, you, it's just your imagination from this point. Like, even when he's there, he's not really like. I, I think the beat of sweat is just like, well, I'm, is Arnold holding on to him still being a secret agent? And this is something like a Bond villain would do. A Bond villain would have the beat of sweat, not the real guy so it's, it's it's kind of it's muddled but it's see the problem I, with this the it's, problem it's, it's a
0: dream the, the, pro, pro, <laughs> the problem with this is that you're taking anything and twisting it into of course it's a dream because this is the real person wouldn't have this right because what you just said about the you know cause no, we, it's
1: like it's like uh it's not too dissimilar from last action hero huh? like everything the person does in the movie is something that would happen in an action movie right and not something a person would do in reality here is, like, the one last grip into reality he has. But he still can't get out of his head that he's a secret agent. So, Look. of course, the the guy, like, who's trying to give him the pill to get him back into reality is... Um, you know, has the bead of sweat that goes down. That's, I think, that's Arnold's imagination that's putting that there and okay. saying, "Oh, now I have a reason to kill him."
0: Can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. If if this is, if yes, say you're 100 percent right, right? You're 100 percent right that this is all in his head on the recall chair. Yes. What do you think then of the choice at the end of the movie to not like have a final scene where he wakes up or something like that, and instead ends the final scene on what it does? fades
1: to white, like he's dying like he's been lobotomized it's not a fade to black it fades to white like he's going like he's dying he's seen the light
0: okay (laughs) okay look i
1: actually i think it holds up
0: i don't hate the theory overall i just i think there's the occasional detail here that you're I molding. I am
1: so surprised that
0: you are not on my side. <laughs> that you're molding a little bit. Well, I guess this. I guess what it boils down to is, I don't think this movie is actually that smart. Like, I like it a lot. I love this movie, even right. But I don't think it's smart enough to be pulling this great trick on us. If that makes sense.
1: I don't know how you don't get this from watching the film.
0: What? I I understand what you're saying to me. I get it. I just I just don't think it's really doing it. okay <laughs> i i feel like this scene here to me is the proof that like you know because like they, they, they they ponder the idea that oh maybe we're still inside like just the recall of your head right mm-hmm. um but nothing really in the movie indicates that someone can travel inside to someone's head right that, this is completely out of nowhere in this scene well
1: no he he tells him that he's making up his reality like they they have um it's like an episode of curb like here you need to get from point a to point b but how you get there is all improvised that is what what arnold is doing inside this matrix like dream system that they oh, have
0: yeah, but, but that's not what i was talking about i was talking about the inception man like the, you know the 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 the, the scientist right. doctor well, man
1: arnold knows what he looks like and he knows what his wife looks like so they're doing some kind of like a communication like we're gonna have us in there but Arnold is the one who's visualizing it,
0: okay, okay, all right, all right, all right um <laughs> i think I think about' expecting you to have this like you know ironclad theory about the whole thing. I am like so surprised
1: <laughs> that I'm alone. <laughs> No, I mean I, I, I thought this was like the obvious thing, and then no, so I would have to convince you that maybe it wasn't a dream. But now I'm like, oh no, it's
0: clearly <laughs> a dream. <laughs> what well, me not thinking it mean makes you hundred percent sure you're right? What? But...
1: Well, like I, I thought it would be a fun thing to bring up, like the possibility that it wasn't a dream,
0: but. Um, but see, that's that's the thing. Like, I think it's a fun possibility to talk about if it is a dream. But your phrasing, <laughs> your phrasing flips it around and says, "No, it's clearly actually a dream." But let's just for 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 laughter's sake, that's just for, just for the fun of it, let's talk about the possibility that maybe, just maybe, that this yep. is actually happening.
1: That's exactly what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just. <sighs> Yeah, it kind of comes back to me just it feeling like it's of its time and nothing in in it feels outlandish for a sci-fi action movie of its era, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, everything just feels like, yeah, it's like, you know, (laughs) like... Okay. I mean, uh, literally
1: uh, everything that they... said would happen at the recall place happens to Arnold. Well, everything
0: everything that happened, everything that uh, Nick Frost says in the pub and Shaun of the Dead happens in the yep. rest of Shaun of the Dead. You're not claiming the rest of that's in someone's head.
1: Well, no, that's just a fun storytelling technique. But this is like, like foreshadowing because they've written the script for him. They've written the program. <laughs>
0: I think it's a combination of what I just said about it feeling like it doesn't actually do anything that out of the ordinary for a movie of its era, plus the fact that it's Arnold. See if this was a regular schmo. See, see if this was like, yeah, trying
1: to pass Arnold off as, and Sharon Stone as like a regular schmo couple
0: is impossible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. See, see if yeah, this was, which
1: is why it works so well in True Lies.
0: Yeah, like, uh, cause, yeah, because it's, it's, it's subverting that. But and... this
1: movie was only made because Arnold wanted to do it.
0: Yeah, obviously, but, like, okay, forget my example of Ryan Gosling, because he's still, like, a movie star, like, good-looking, whatever, right? I think who you get for this... Sh-
1: Steve Carell?
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe too joking, but I'm, I'm thinking more like, um, like, who, who do you get that's kind of frumpy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone who's just maybe a little, it's a little overweight, kind of pathetic, <laughs> in the <laughs> David Carradine? oh, oh!
1: Nineteen ninety, David Carradine would have been a little frumpy. He had the beer belly going on.
0: Sure, yeah, as as we witnessed on the recent bonus episode of the Atomic Cinema Experiment, which is this show. You're already on this Future show. Future Force. Yeah, Future Force. <laughs> um Yeah, he would have just been like, Oh, can you just put me with a rope and <laughs> some booze? Aww. And I'll be a happy man. Ugh
1: you'll get plenty more of that on the uh, bonus episode <laughs>
0: yes um i will say i like the uh the original story by philip k dick that this is based on the title mm, of it i mean
1: probably the better adaptation of a philip k dick <laughs> novel huh
0: versus what what are you thought to show that oh, i think we all know blade runner <laughs> oh
1: dear boring runner
0: I will say Philip K. Dick's stories have really good titles because the, the story that Blade Runner is based on is called Do Androids Sleep of Ele- uh, Dream. Electric Sheep Right? or Dream of Electric Sheep sorry yeah um, and then this one uh, roughly I'm, I'm forgetting how, exactly how it's phrased but it's um, We'll Sell You Memories Wholesale or We'll Sell You Your Memories Wholesale it's a really good title mm-hmm. I'm like oh that's a really witty title that makes sense and you know I, I've, I- I've never read these like short
1: stories or novellas whatever they are yeah nor me they've been um but they all have really fun titles yeah they they sound like they're probably they have a bit more humor in them
0: yeah i can all i can see it being more satirical as well actually uh just from the, oh, the title um yeah. which is funny because you think you'd pull it up with verhoeven who did robocop and it'd be perfect i think this one is a bit more not dumbed down but it's, it's it's not as deep as robocop i think robocop has so many and we'll talk about robocop someday i think robocop is an exceptional film oh yeah oh i agree Robocop, like, every time it's I watched incorrect. Robocop, like, you know, watching it as a kid then a teenager, and then, like, in my 20s or whatever, like, Robocop, mm-hmm. every time I saw it at a new age, it, like, got, like, ten <laughs> times better. Because every time it was, like, opening my eyes, like, wait, this movie's a this is genius. This movie is doing so many great things that I could never have picked up upon as a kid. Oh, yeah.
1: Um,
0: uh, Whereas this movie, well, I'm saying it is better than I was when I was a kid. It does have some of that effect. It's not to the same extent. It's not Robocop. Okay. Okay. I'm actually kind of, I'm almost like, why was Tara going to raid this? Every time, I, every time I say it's not as good as this or that, she's like, okay, we'll see. All right. <laughs> Incoming like 9.5 out of 10 from Tara at the end of the show, I'm, I'm guessing. We'll, we'll see. Uh, so anyway, so one of the things I want to say here, because this, this is the point where, you know, the bad guys show up, he fights uh, Sharon Stone, and then showed up to save his ass as the, you know, as, as Melina the brunette, right? And, uh, and she fights Sharon Stone one-on-one, they have a bit of a proper kind of, like, you know, fight. And eventually, she's going to win and Arnold gets a gun and she's like, Hey, you and me, we, we still, you know, we still love each other, right, honey? And uh, we're married. And she goes for her own gun and he shoots her right in the head and goes, Consider that a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> And he kind of smirks as he says it as well, and I'm like, "You just killed something." <laughs> like maybe, maybe this leads to your your theory uh, more so is that the way he just doesn't even like, you know, he just kind of rolls off his back. He doesn't care.
1: Yeah, my theory's looking pretty good now, huh? <sighs> oh <my
0: God>. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway, the, it's the certainty. It's the way you said. Let's consider for a second that this isn't a dream. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer effing hubris. That's me, me and Picard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was just a reference to a recent Picard episode for anyone who's also watching those reviews. Um, so, but they're together and they go to meet the the boss man. And this is maybe one of the things that I have to critique about the second or the you know, the, the second two thirds of the movie is that. Uh, like they, they they mentioned it briefly on the news at one point early on, but it's not until it gets to Mars they really start sort of dropping these hints that there's some sort of resistance leader that that's in mm-hmm. hiding that the the you know the agency wants to get to it, that they want to kill him, and um, this was Quail or some of like that. Um, um it starts with the M, I think. What's it? Oh,
1: okay. Oh, I don't know. My phone died. <laughs> I
0: can't look at that. Uh, but regardless, um. I, I do think that some more time world building, like maybe even, well, this is the thing, right? Because w- one of my main reasons for why your theory doesn't hold up is that there's several scenes without Arnold. hmm uh, Yeah. If it was all in his head or you wanted the the the, 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 the complete 100% ambiguity of it, maybe it is or isn't. I think everything has to be from Arnold's perspective, but there's definitely scenes in this where we cut to other characters having conversations. There's scenes later on where we see Michael Ironside with, uh, with Cohagen talking about, oh, should I kill him now? You know, we finally at the point where I can kill him and I'm like, what, you know, like we shouldn't be seeing, if, if this was all normal said, we shouldn't be seeing this. That, that's my that's my, that's my, that's, that's argument yeah. number three, right? That's my third <laughs> argument.
1: Is it Quato?
0: Ah, there you go. Kuato or something like
1: that, Queto.
0: yeah. George and Queto. There you go. Uh, So he, um so they are going, they're going to me, happen to get a cab driver who goes with them. There's a bit of a shootout There's kind of like a like a car chase, which is quite impressive because this is all sets, these tunnels and everything, the cars even as well. They're all props and sets and, you know, like it's, it's quite cool how much how much they put into this um, in terms of, like, building this stuff up. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's after this fight because they kind of escape escaped through the, you know, the, the strip club or whatever. And I think one of the neat things was when they first arrived here earlier, there was a moment where Arnold, like, met some mutants for the first time and he met a little girl and he gave the girl, like, a a coin or something like that, you know, it's, 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 it's like, hey, I'll, t- I'll tell you your fortune, because this is the thing, the mutants are psychic, they've all got telepathy, yeah. uh, but they're all deformed, and that's kind of the trade-off, and he's really nice to her. So it makes us just know enough of these characters uh, a little bit, so that when uh, Hagen just turns the air off in this section of the, the Mars, like, domes, <laughs> you know, this sector, it makes us care a little bit that they're dying. It's like, oh shit, like, there's innocent people down here.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely uh, you know, feel bad for the kids and you know, there there's mothers there too, like real people, families and stuff. Um, I was just looking over the IMDB and realized that one of the one of the henchmen of Ironside is actually the main villain from um Deep Space Nine, Mark oh. Limo plays Gold to But in the show he's always wearing Cardassian makeup, with the exception of one episode. Or actually the seventh season and uh, what episode?
0: Actually, Joe, you know who I noticed in this, and even though he's under makeup and much younger, uh, I thought it was him, and I've just confirmed it. Uh, one one of the sort of main sort of deformed guys in the strip club is a young Dean Norris from Breaking Bad, uh, Hank hmm. from Breaking Bad.
1: Is he the one with the with the folds?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got the sort of half of his face is kind of covered. Yeah,
1: yeah, he looks familiar.
0: Yep, that's him. That's that's Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. Uh, who I believe is going to appear in Better Call Saul in the coming seasons. Uh, So that's exciting. Um, Dee
1: Norris was also in um, Star Trek.
0: Of course, everyone was in goddamn Star Trek.
1: Uh, Uh, He was in Deep Space Nine, yeah. uh, He's one of the uh, aliens on a planet that is at war for eternity.
0: Every (laughs) bit actor from the 80s and 90s was on a Star Trek show at one point because there was just Star Trek shows on the whole time.
1: Yep. (laughs) The golden age,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, maybe Have everything, maybe entering a new golden age given that CBS All Access wanted to pump out Star Trek every week of the year. Yep, getting to that point. The and sh-
1: I give them money so they can do it.
0: The sheer effing hubris of CBS All Access. <laughs> 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 so, but the be, uh, so it's the bad guy from twins who ends up having like a, a, a another person on his stomach, and that's the real like hero, the resistance.
1: Yeah. It's like his twin.
0: Yeah, and he's he's like a strong telepath, and he looks into like uh, Arnold's head, which is actually a really weird. I have a lot of faults with this this uh, scene here, mainly the the fact that so the, the way I do this because they, we keep hearing that the bad guys found something in like a pyramid on Mars, right? Something ancient that aliens left behind, and it's all rumors and hearsay, and we don't know what it is. And he looks into Arnold's head to see what it is because he knows, right? That's the whole thing is that he has secrets that they don't want getting out. And it does this thing where the camera like swishes around as if it's like in his head, and it, it finds the bad guys—Michael Ironside and Coogan—talking in this place. And it turns out it's like a generator, which, if turned on, in theory, would actually basically terraform the planet and make it breathable. Um, what? It's lucky that these aliens that built this also had had the same requirements, uh, you know, oxygen-wise that, that Earthlings yep. do. But whatever, better <laughs> know <laughs> there. You're <not> there. Um, <laughs> So, and I'm also going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, there's more to making Mars like livable than just having oxygen in the atmosphere. I feel like the pressure well, and things like that. Well, this version
1: of Mars, which is in Arnold Schwarzenegger's head, has a core that is in ice. <laughs> <laughs> and when the ice is released, it releases oxygen.
0: <laughs> See, I don't, I read that as just goofy 80s or 1990 writing rather than... A, a, a intentional, oh, this is in his head, That's so it's silly. It,
1: it's a bit open ended, you can interpret it both ways, but I think one way is weighs a little
0: bit heavier. Yeah. When Tara's right, she's right, even when she's wrong. Except in this case, when she's wrong, <laughs> I think you're just a
1: little bit embarrassed that you didn't realize that this was the whole movie. I know I'm not
0: embarrassed. I think I don't think there's anything definitive that proves you're right.
1: What about the guy saying the oh blue sky on Mars? That's an interesting touch before he goes under <coughs> <laughs>
0: Look, that's the one thing I can't explain. I can't explain that line. But there's so much other things that you can't explain to me. So... Uh, it's ambiguous, alright? You can you're,
1: take it. You're right. I, I can't explain why there are scenes for the, where Arnold is not in it, but we get the
0: scene. Well, actually, hold on. This is where I'm coming to with this scene, actually. Not only is Ar- do we see do we scenes that Arnold's not in from the perspective of if this is all in his head, we shouldn't see scenes that he's not there for, but this scene in particular... The, the, you know, the, the, uh, what's his, the, uh, because inside he, he's
1: looking for a memory that Arnold's not in. He's
0: not in the memory. He's not there. It's all the other bad guys. Oh,
1: so I guess it is consistent with, with this program then. Huh.
0: Interesting. Wait, are you, are you trying to spin this into evidence that you're right? <laughs> <laughs> I am not accepting this consistent Consistent, <laughs> just at my ass this is this is some spin doctoring nonsense right now uh, this, is, this is bullshit <laughs> so uh they get bad guys show up they look at these big drills i actually like these things they've got these big like it's like multiple mm-hmm. drill heads on these big like trucks or tractors that are constantly cutting through the rock i guess it makes sense that everything in mars is underground or at least a lot of it is so they're constantly tunneling with these trucks um yeah and they go on the run and this is where we get another big one-liner that i love uh, because it basically they're betrayed by the cab driver who even though he's a mutant with like a weird you know alien arm um yeah he's just a greedy person who
1: it's a cool effect i love all like the prosthetics in this movie but like they the the arm how it like folds out and he's got three yeah. fingers at the end
0: the arm looks great uh, Quator yeah. or sort of Quator Queto uh like well, this the stomach person right the the head of the resistance also looks looks great yeah it's <laughs> grotesque but great well I think the only th- the critique it's hard to look at the only critique I'd have it <laughs> is when it first appears it's clearly a fake head for the real guy up top as well and it looks mm. kind of weird. The funny thing is, though, is that even though it took me out at the moment, I can, A, I can headcan it as when he gives, like, like, like the, you know, the other entity, like, the, the, the floors that were, he kind of shuts down up top, so that's why it looks different. Because it didn't look bad from, like, a realism perspective, it just looked really different to who the actor looked like. You know, it looks like his face kind of yeah. sucked in. Um, but even though that doesn't look perfect, it still kind of has a charm to it that holds up because it's there and it's practical and it's in the scene. So even yeah, though it's not totally perfect, great. it still works. So you know, uh, practical effects. All people, the,
1: I love all the the look of all the mutants. Like some of them are kind of hard to look at because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're just so grotesque. I think the the uh, the baby man inside the other man is also one of those things. Um, and, but you're, you're right. It adds like a, it adds a weird charm to the film. <laughs> No, because it it is so practical. It is a, a real thing that it looks like Arnold can touch if he wants to and interact with. And I I, I like hey, the scene when if it the was baby David- thing like reveals itself because the guy's like walking away to presumably yeah. go get the coat, katu or whatever his name is.
0: Klaatu, varada <laughs> <Just> nectu.
1: Like... <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> Don't summon anything. <laughs> but like he, the actor just kind of stops. Like, it starts like screaming. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like pulls open his shirt. Now, I, think, I, I think
0: I've Funny. asked. I I think we've talked about this before, and you've said no. But you didn't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles growing up, did you?
1: Um, yes and no. I my brother watched it, and I watched whatever. I watched. So.
0: So that's made, made me think of crying a little bit. Because if you remember the villain, not Shredder, obviously, but because like, he was an ninja one, but crying in yeah. the Technodrome, it was like a body with like a head in the middle. Inside of, the, of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so it was making me think of that. So then I was also thinking of that because then these big drills come through. And if you remember the Technodrome, their moving vehicle had drills on it. It was drilling through the earth. So there was mm. some...
1: it's could be some inspiration there.
0: Yeah, some weird turtles kind of... I was
1: thinking um, a lot of the mutant designs in Futurama for the the mutants that live underneath the sewers of New New York. Yeah, I think... I think they were inspired by this.
0: I think the Turtles movies are sci-fi enough to do on this show. I'm just going to say it. They're mutants.
1: Do we have to do the Michael Bay produced one?
0: Nah, we can just do the first (laughs) three. I, I've not even seen it. I, I got twenty minutes into the first Michael Bay one, and was like, you know what? I'm good. Let's <laughs> just stop watching. Yeah. I could do. It. Uh, so they, they so they get caught here. This is the thing because they've been they've been betrayed. Kuwaitar uh, gets killed, uh, and Iron says it right. Cohagan wants to see you, so they bring him up to the office. And this is the big bad guy explains the plan. And he's like, ah, oh, this is the thing. You're actually a bad guy. And you, you were just pretending. So basically, we erased your memory so you'd be... a. Because this is the thing. Because all of the resistance are full of mutants, so that a lot of them are telepaths, they could always tell them there was a mole. They always knew when someone was, uh, you know, meant harm to them. So we erased your memory. This was a voluntary thing so that you could infiltrate them. And, you know, we, we've already set up the plan so that we could use the fact that you do this to to get to them and he's like this is bullshit and then of course he plays the video of arnold saying no nope, i'm a bad guy you've got my body I'm, I'm glad you didn't let me down and get killed uh but i'm gonna take my body back and to me this is the big this is the big twist of the movie and why mm-hmm. we don't need the uh, other one but uh, it's, it's possible I'll, I'll give it to you it's possible <laughs> but thank you for entertaining my idea <laughs>
1: That is clearly spelled out in the movie.
0: (laughs) Don't don't say like that. Spelled out. You make it sound like oh, you're such an idiot, child, for not immediately thinking this is it clearly. Shoes
1: on the other foot, huh?
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Have I ever belittled you in any of these reviews?
1: You brought up Close Encounters in this review.
0: (laughs) Have I ever belittled you in these reviews in the last ten minutes? I think not. (laughs) so uh he's all heartbroken uh about this because he's really a villain and i think there's something interesting i guess maybe this is why i don't jump to the whole simulation thing is because i kind of like the the moral of the story here where it's like no no you are this bad person but you don't have to be that Basically, you've become this other person now, and because you know right from wrong, because you've met the people who this is affecting, you've met the the innocent people who are dying because Coogan's an evil prick. You've met the you're not just in it for profit like this original Arnold was. You're choosing to be better. There's something beautiful about that. I mean, I don't think the movies like quite got the the, the tact to really you know give us the the heartfelt sw- swift it needs. But I think there's something beautiful about well, that no, you story. You like,
1: because it's because um, Arnold's on the video and he's like hugging the bad guy afterwards like we're evil (laughs) it's so verhoeven
0: oh it is it's really yeah even the fact that there's like three screens it's even robocop because robocop has scenes where there's like three screens like side by side and yeah Yeah. uh so they're actually going to reinstate his old memories uh and bring him back and there's a funny what we were ironsides like hey um oh i I glossed over the oh no i didn't no the 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 the, the screw thing comes later because it's after the escape uh I, I I was mixing, I'm mixing my scenes up here. Uh, he's like, hey, when he gets his memories back, will he remember all this part? And the doctor's like, nah, he won't remember a thing. He's like, oh, good. And he punches him in the face. <laughs> he's like, I'll see you at the <laughs> party, Yeah. Parade. Yeah, yeah Arnold's Skill. Do, do you know what the fact is, it's not even the, the the most sadistic or most intense Arnold Skill, believe it or not, isn't in one of his action movies. Having recently watched Dringle All the Way, it's in that. I believe it there's a there's a moment in jingle sinbad all the way deserve
1: it
0: no it wasn't sinbad it, I, i'm sure it wasn't it was um it's when he goes to the fake santas and they've got a turbo man for him and it turns out to be a knockoff that fault breaks apart and he just sort of looks up at him right really slowly <laughs> that that's that's the skill like because I, I was watching this scene going that's a, that's a good skill a- but it's not as good as jingle all the way <laughs> <laughs> Because I just watched it at Christmas, I watched it on stream at Christmas, so it's, it's quite fresh in my mind. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm, do you know what? Maybe you have to be of a certain Christmas movie. Yeah, maybe you have to be of a certain generation, right? But Jingle All the Way is like top five material, right? I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> top five Christmas movie material. I'm just gonna say it.
1: Yeah, that one. Hateful Eight. Die Hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree with all of it. Home Alone. You have to put in Home Alone.
1: Home Alone. Um, I really like Christmas
0: Vacation. Oh, no, I like that too. I can I can get on board with that. Vacation is good. Um, it's the best. It's the best vacation movie. The first one's pretty good. The first one's good, but I, I I like Christmas more. Uh, I I saw one of the other two, but I never saw one. Like I don't know if it was the third or the fourth one I saw, but I didn't know I liked the one I uh, saw.
1: European in Vegas.
0: Yeah, I don't know which one it was. I I think I saw European. They're about on
1: par with each other.
0: Yeah, but they're both definitely weaker than the. Yeah, not to. bad
1: but yeah not as strong
0: yeah um so obviously arnold I think this is a really violent scene arnold like he pulls at like, the entire like uh like arm thing because like, he's clasping with his arms and he pulls the entire arm out and it's, it's like a giant screw or like a like pin i think it's, it i think he like literally
1: broke the metal beam that yeah. was underneath it like a but like he, just some kind of a
0: pole so, there's, so there's this big thick screw is coming down from his wrist from this thing that's yeah, all like around a his arm, spike. <laughs> and he just stabs the doctor on the neck with it, and it's actually quite violent. And there yeah, was only one, mo- there was only one moment in this movie where I could almost feel the edit, where I think they had to trim down the violence to get the R rating, mm-hmm. and it's in this scene because the last person he kills in this scene, you see him kind of like with another pole once he's free, like you know, sort of like slash, you know, sort of like stab it towards someone. And in the next shot, for a split second, you see this guy fall down, and it's like it's went through his face, like through like through his mm. eye and then coming out of his mouth. It's like really yeah. violent looking, but it's only a split second, but it's so it's so quick and abrupt the way it cuts away from it that I'm like, there was more of that and you had to take it out for censor yeah. reasons. That looked reasons. like a lot
1: of makeup work. They were yeah. going to keep that in there for longer, for sure.
0: Yeah, it looked, it looked really impressive from the quick glimpse you get, but... it. I, yeah, I, I,
1: those, that's, I, that scene in particular like, really stood out to me too. It was extra violent it was like uh like um, uh like murphy getting his hand shot off violent so like <laughs> ooh, you almost want to look away even though you know it's over the top and um there's or, like a cruelty aspect to it <laughs> when or, you're watching it
0: yeah or later in that movie when the one of the bad guys gets doused in acid oh yeah yeah it's
1: boiling acid <laughs> Could be fun to talk about that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, the RoboCop series is going to be an interesting because even though the sequels aren't necessarily, well, honestly, two is not bad actually from memory. But I don't
1: even recall the last time I watched two. I've probably been since I was very young.
0: It's a we- two is a weird movie because it's, it's got this uh, weird structure of subplots where everything's just a subplot on its own and they're just kind of all mm. stitches together. Uh, and then three's the the. the so is <laughs> the one that I liked as a kid because it's it's exactly got the mentality of that a kid would like. But when you watch it, and I like, that's just kind of goofy and uh, fan service and all these other things. Um, Can't wait. Let's give him a jetpack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think I have seen that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And there's like evil like uh, Japanese katana wielding robots that look human. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Can't wait. So. Uh they get out and this is when uh Benny, the cab driver, like shows up in one of these big drill like trucks and he's got them pinned down, he's he's gonna like drill them and it, it, it's it's one of these over the top things where it cuts back to him in the, the, the cockpit of this uh this, this machine. And every single time it does, he has something. like I'm gonna drill it, you suck it, I'm gonna drill it and he, he keeps he, he keeps he keeps over and over again saying what he's going to do as he's driving towards them slowly. Uh, Of course, Arnold (laughs) finds himself a big drill of his own. Not as big as these big, you know, industrial, like, rock drilling bits, but...
1: No, it's more of a, um, like a... Oh, what's it called? Um, Like, for breaking apart rock and asphalt Mm. and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot more similar to what he was using on the construction site earlier. It's not the exact same thing, but it's a similar size and uh, sort of idea. And he sort of drills through the side of this truck until it gets to him. And, of course, as he's doing this, he says, Screw you!
1: <laughs> Screw you. I can't do it. Screw you! <laughs> I can't do it.
0: <laughs> so, that's a one-layer. And I mentioned the one where he was using the hologram, because it's around this point when we get the uh, the scene of uh, them sort of dancing around these drums, because at this point, they're trying to get to the, the reactor. Because this is the thing, see, if you'd asked me a week ago, uh, what the ending of Total Recall was, like I remember the air being turned off and them trying to turn the air back on and all that. But I would never in a million years have said, "Oh, there's like an ancient artifact left by aliens that's going to." Like, nope. I, would, I would never have <laughs> this remembered is like that.
1: Watching the movie for the first time. <laughs> I know it's
0: so weird. Uh,
1: I I mean I just remember the faces.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know Iron says, "Finally, please, because he gets to kill. He's been given the go ahead to kill him now because he's too much trouble." Um, but and ironside's death's pretty good as well because he's got up in this elevator uh that's going up to where the artifact entrance is and ironside's dying going off the side of this elevator and he i mean, he talk about good one-liners oh this is not funny on oh, its yeah. own this is only funny because of context because yes. ele- because early on ironside after he punched I mean, him after said he punches him yeah I'll, I'll see you at the party quaid right uh, what's his name here, so I can get the the rector's the, the uh, Ironside's Richter. name. richter's actually quite a good name, but Ironside's such a good name that I I'd, I'd never use yeah. his character names. He's Ironside, but
1: Ironside.
0: but he's dangling off the elevator and it gets to the top and like Arnold holds onto his arms so he can't like escape and the the this like t- top cave section like. Basically, just separates his arms from his body. So we have an armless Michael Ironside falling to his death with blood, you know, blood squirting. So good. And Arnold just says, See you at the party, Rector. See you
1: at the party, Rector. And he throws his arms out that he's still holding on to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, dear. This movie's great. it's so good it's not as tight as some of like like i say like so much of the stuff with like all the leader of the resistance and these alien artifacts so much of this is like introduced so late in the movie it feels kind of shoved in there and that actually and i'll admit it this actually lends credence to your theory that it's all inside the simulation because all of it feels kind of forced in once he's getting deeper into it um as opposed to being sort of spaced out gradually and it feels you know because so the pacing feels a little bit strange in that sense but I, can, I mean there's so many good moments in this movie like arnold just be doing arnold things and one liners and violence and uh even just the yeah, sci-fi I world like i love how everything looks is you know the mars set yeah, and all that and stuff. it's
1: just so pro- like is there any cg i don't
0: think there is uh, there's a couple of optical effects i don't know about cg i don't think there's any cg yeah. but it's one of those things where someone might say well technically there was two cg shots you just wouldn't notice them because they you know they're subtle because it was just this one yeah, little thing. I mean,
1: still, it's 1990. It would have probably been like pre-CGI, with the exception of like
0: the Abyss. backdrops.
1: But yeah. Yeah, even still, some of them felt like like matte paintings.
0: Oh, yeah, they look more like like uh, They're definitely like green screen or whatever, because you, you can kind of mm-hmm. tell with a bit of phrase around the hair. Because at the start of the movie, when they're in their apartment and they've got the big mm-hmm. giant TV screen on and like Sharon Stone's in front of it, there's there's kind of like an edge to the people standing in front of it. You can kind of. In these older movies, when they're doing yeah. like green
1: screen stuff. It's almost like a black um,
0: outline. But I, I wouldn't call that. Yeah. That's not CG, though. That's just superimposing an image behind someone else. That's not, mm-hmm. you know. That's not computer generated. They might use computers to pull it off, but it's not generated by a computer. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. I mean, the abyss had already. Ca- yeah, the abyss was a year before this, and that was like not the first. because technically, the first time CG was used was like nineteen eighty or something like that, and it was something really There was like wireframes because the thing was just supposed to look like, wireframe, so it could just be wireframes. And at the time, mm-hmm. that was cutting edge. Uh, I think the abyss is the first example of like like a full kind of like character effect because you know, that was like the waterhead, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And then Coming out of the waterfall. Yeah, and then of course, uh, Terminator Two, Cameron's next film, originally the one that said, "Hey, CG's here to stay." And then even Spielberg was going to use stop motion animation, and then the CG guy said, "Nah, look at this," and they're like, "Oh yeah, CG it is."
1: <laughs> yeah. Poor stop motion uh, guys. Uh, were extinct. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: put them out of the job. I think you mean extinct. Uh, so, yeah. oh, look at me. I'm calling Jurassic Park again uh not hammond lanes though i've not done hammond lanes i'll save that for when we get to jurassic world not that he's in it but at least it's you know related (laughs) um so
1: there might be a hologram i can't remember
0: nah there's no hologram of him you get mr dna though oh really yeah remember mr dna from the, the the instructional video whatever it was in the first one is that the hologram uh yeah I don't think it was a hologram. I watched the movie in a long time. So there was kids watching like a, a screen, and it's like dino, you know, Mister DNA is mm. explaining the DNA stuff on the screen. Uh, it was a great. It was a yeah, nice little callback. That
1: makes sense. There's a lot of fan service in that movie. Not that I really minded though.
0: Yeah, we'll get to it. yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, I, I've got thoughts on that, but I mean, I'll save that for when we actually talk about it, which will probably be a lengthy two-hour discussion because it's a Jurassic Park movie, and that's what we do with mm. Jurassic Park movies, and apparently Total Recall. Uh, I actually have no idea how long this has been. This, this, this might be just over uh, yeah, an hour so far, or it might be closer to two hours. I have no idea, uh, but I. You might be able to edit out some tangents. <laughs> <laughs> so. They get up to the thing, and it's like a face off with uh, Coogan. Um, if I was going to critique something in the movie, is I, I like both like uh, Ronnie Cox who plays Coogan, and obviously I like Michael Ironside who plays Victor. I think in the movie it does kind of make it feel like Ironside's the more important villain. So having the final showdown with Coogan feels a little bit like the wrong way round.
1: Same thing happens in Robocop, though, right? Coogan or in Robocop, Ronnie Cox is the is the, is the baddie, but really True. we're there for you know, what's-his-face, with the glasses.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that works better, though, because that's, um... Well, like, because that's not the final fight. That's, like, more of an epilogue to the, the movie. than it is... You know, because the final fight's with the main bad guy, whereas this is, like, the actual standoff is with him. Um, but, you know, so he's, he's trying to get to him. me stop stop him from uh, turning on into things. But then, uh, like he gets sucked out of this big pipe and all the commotion and so we see the bad guy his eyes bulging out and popping out of his head and the tongue and the face these prosthetic are great this prosthetic great these prosthetic effects are absolutely phenomenal these these heads I mean, bo- they really hold up yeah. yeah
1: they are so grotesque and you can't look away and they they really look like the normal faces that are just expanding
0: Joe, you know I think? Maybe, maybe what's helping this is that because it's like got that harsh red light because there might be out in Mars. Maybe that's helping kind of disguise mm-hmm. it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it looks great. And you know, Arnold—they're both dangling because the air's kind of sucking them to the outside through these big pipes. And Arnold just gets to the middle, puts his hand uh, on here on, the, on this. Like, I, I love to turn this on. It is just this one hand on this thing, and this sits on. Uh, yeah. And. So they get sucked outside, but he's turned it on, so they start to bulge up and all that. There's
1: a timer, yeah.
0: But there's, like, air, like, explosions happening, and, like, the ABC, like... Do you, actually, do you know what me think of this? The big metal rods, mm-hmm. these hot metal rods get into the ice? We've got a guess. What do you think it made me think of?
1: Uh, oh, I don't know.
0: They also, I know, I'll
1: know when you say it.
0: Okay. They, also, they also referred this to this as a reactor. Does that give you a clue?
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was giving Chernobyl. me Chernobyl vibes <laughs> just watching these metal rods, like hot metal rods yeah. go into the thing. Um, now, obviously, <laughs> this is the opposite. In Chernobyl, there were cooling rods going into the hot thing, but it's seemed different. <laughs> like, you know, visuals yeah. similar. This uh, is what, what triggers the activation. Maybe this design was based off of a nuclear power plant. Yeah, that makes some sense. They kept
1: talking about a meltdown. That will happen
0: yeah it's well, it kind of hard to believe that in the space of about two minutes when this machine gets turned on the entire planet becomes completely terraformed like that's a bit much so, but it's kind I mean, of fun though programmed that way uh yeah, yeah, yeah. but obviously like, all these like, uh, like clouds and whatnot they're, they're very harsh and they, they smash all the windows of the domes again these domes aren't built to a so stand in what, what's going on here uh but luckily yeah, they this, from sugar. but all, but all <laughs> the people who are in in these places that are dying all the people in the strip club and all that that we've kind of gotten to know at least a little bit uh they all get saved by this because that oxygen is coming to them No. I, I guess we never mentioned as well that part of the reason why because because Coh- cohagan keeps saying that this could cause like a meltdown that'll destroy everything but what he's really doing is that he actually Controls all the airflow and gets paid for mm-hmm. all of it. So this is this is purely like a satirical like he's the evil businessman who's doing this for his own benefit. and yes. It's like no no air should be free. We're going to make the oxygen free. <laughs> so here yes. we go. Um, makes makes sense. It is it's a common theme for sci-fi. Even the Expanse in like season one, like uh, the outer like space stations that are on the asteroids mm-hmm. and stuff, like air and water both cost. Like you have to pay for air and water because you know you're a, a station like. It doesn't... These, I,
1: are, these
0: are luxury products, yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Or like
1: in Spaceballs, when they have the can of air, they open and sniff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I, I went to one of the modern examples of science fiction excellence. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> do you is, insult Spaceballs. <laughs> And you go to... I've never seen Spaceballs, so I, can't, <laughs> I have no opinion <laughs> on it.
1: What? It is sci-fi. It is on our list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can do Spaceballs. I I feel like we can't do spaceballs until we've done at least the original Star Wars movies, though. Oh, what a great way to close it out! Because <laughs> they, because it's, you know, it's, I mean, I've not seen it, but from what I, from what I have seen, clips wise, there's a
1: police academy joke in there.
0: <laughs> are you trying to sell me? Do you, you think police academy will get me hooked? I'm like, oh, yeah, lost police academy? The guy who does
1: the sound effects? Is a police academy guy? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Do you name. know who I'm talking about? I want to say his name. His character's Winslow. I could be wrong though. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's I think that's right. I think he he may even have the same character name in the Spaceballs movie.
0: Yeah, Winslow. Then you got the uh, you got Tackleberry, who's like the sort of taller gun nut, and then you've got uh, <laughs> Proctor's, like the henchman to. to... <laughs> <laughs> Somehow
1: your knowledge of police academy
0: what's... movies are gonna come up in every movie. <laughs>
1: what... I love it.
0: Oh, what's the what's the blonde with the big boobs who's like the, the, the drill sergeant? I, don't, she I always, don't know, I don't watch these movies. She always ends up having sex with one of them. <laughs> I can't remember all the names, I remember some of their names. Um uh then there's a the little woman who's got a really quiet voice, but the joke is is that when she gets angry she gets shouts really loud. hmm
1: Um
0: <laughs> classic
1: (laughs) (laughs) alright let's move on to rating here
0: we can move on (laughs) yeah yeah, we're pretty much done so so they're all happy and it ends with them kissing and everyone's like hey free air on Mars fade to white as you previously pointed out
1: yes (laughs) after Arnold says oh no what if it's all a dream
0: (laughs) (laughs) there was no such line (laughs) yes there was Oh, did he actually say that? Okay, I thought you would. Were... <laughs> <laughs> if anything, if anything, she
1: says, "Well, then you better kiss me before the." Oh, dream you're right. You're right.
0: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She says that. You're right. You're right. But here's the thing: him saying that makes me lean towards it's not a dream. Mm,
1: yeah.
0: It's too on the nose. Why? It's too... Well, see here's the thing: the reason why he he's having dreams of this woman is because she's in his memory, and that's why. Like you know, but it's because he's having all these hints and flashbacks subconsciously of his real life that he thinks about Mars, that he thinks about this woman. It's why she looks exactly like that. Now, why she looks like that on the TV screen at the recall place? That's just bullshit movie stuff. I can't explain that.
1: Well, also, it was, it's as he's being like sedated, so he's kind of like it could just be a projection. You know, okay, from his so own
0: mind. yeah, okay, we're seeing what he sees, rather than what's really on the the screen. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, I think there's
1: enough in there to like make a claim for either side, but I, I really think that it's leaning heavy into the, <laughs> into my side here. Look, but there's I, enough little things to like throw you <laughs>
0: off. I thought I'd say, why can't you just actually present it as 50/50? you said, oh, and they could go either way, but there's enough little look, things. The blue sky thing is. <laughs> look, it, the blue it, sky it, thing it. is good, but I have given you several reasons why it doesn't quite add up.
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're there to throw you off. Luke, but I, I, I do think that it's all a dream.
0: Can you just like? Can you just be happy that Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie wants to dump Sharon Stone for the curly-haired brunette? Can you not just feel happy about that and just feel uplifted and let me win?
1: Arnold doesn't have female preferences. <laughs> Arnold, Arnold likes women. Have you not seen Pumping Iron? <laughs>
0: I'm coming he here. i coming there. I'm coming women, everywhere. Big women, small uh, big
1: boobs, small boobs—they're all good.
0: <laughs> what was that accent at the end there? That was—that was an Arnold voice. That was. Oh yeah,
1: that's Arnold. Yeah, that's that's a direct quote.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was like I don't know what accent that was meant to be at the end, but. <laughs> uh, sometimes Borat slips in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just do a Borat voice every time i try to do Arnold. Then see if that works. Yeah. my wife I the <laughs> missed a baby <laughs> I'll be back high five um, high five <laughs> they're two opposite yes um, whereas you seem to think Borat and Wonder Woman sound exactly the same um, I've not rewatched anything with Wonder Woman in it you know, like the, the Gal Gadot version. Well, you will be this summer. So. I will be, yes. So I'm a little worried that because you've said this to me that I'm going to be watching it and just hear Bo right now, and mm-hmm. it's going to distract me, and I'm going to be upset by it. So I hope not, but we'll see. We'll see.
1: Maybe I've made it better.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. So, uh, yes, we're going to rate. We're going to rate Total Recall, and I think you'll find that Tara believing she won the debate on this episode was nothing but a fake memory and we're going to revert to the original real Tara right now and she's going to hit us with a rating
1: <laughs> I think it's a nine <laughs> I'm giving it a nine it's not getting the the coveted mm. ten uh-huh. not even the the nine point five there are some things in it hey. that are like I don't know that are okay it it, it kind of slows down for me a little bit i don't know why because a lot's happening but when they go into like the resistance area i get a little bit bored until i see the no i agree
0: stuff well this is this is uh, what i was saying earlier about the pacing feeling kind of weird because it it kind of doesn't pace that stuff out properly
1: but i do really like the idea that this is all a dream <laughs> and maybe that's why i'm rating it so high like it i i think this movie is a lot better than i remember it being as a kid like I said i've seen this movie so many times i couldn't think of all the the really special scenes and and quote all the one-liners but there's a lot that i missed watching it yeah so when this, i was younger
0: yeah so just to clarify the sequence of like the memory events in this so arnold goes to get these fake memories the people put in and discover that his memory's already been erased and mm-hmm. then he thinks he's this guy from mars who turned sides but what actually happened is that the real villainous arnold Voluntarily erases memories to be a good mole, but now good mm. Arnold has become essentially a fully social person. It's a
1: Complete coincidence that he chose Secret Agent on Mars <laughs> for his two-week vacation. It's not a coincidence. Where he wants to defeat it, the bad guy, get the <laughs> girl, and then save the entire planet, it's which also a- turns blue.
0: <laughs> it's not a coincidence. He 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 seeks out Secret Agent because mm-hmm. it it triggers something in him because he, he he's like he subconsciously remembers being a secret agent it, it it speaks to him
1: yeah yeah that's that's true that could be an interpretation
0: <laughs> you're such a bitch right
1: <laughs> i think you're just slightly humiliated <laughs> feels good up here on top of the hill i think i'll stay a while <laughs>
0: Okay. So, so so in your interpretation then this movie ends with him turning into a vegetable with a face
1: Yeah. As he was warned could was a risk at the beginning. I think this is very much like uh, the Black Mirror episode replay with the guy who goes into the um, virtual reality
0: game sure but the difference is is in that you feel like something's up the entire time you're questioning things this Mm -hmm. movie i feel like just quickly gets past that and it's just an adventure sci-fi arnold movie it doesn't
1: yeah but then it sprinkles it in every now and then we get the star trek guy shows up and then we get the the lines of dialogue at the end
0: which is a ruse to trick him into giving up so they can do what they want
1: Mm. yep That Could be an interpretation.
0: <laughs> if you say that could be an interpretation one more time. <laughs> my rating I't go quite as high as a nine, but it's a great movie, and even better than I remembered it. So I'm going to give it the eight point five uh, out of ten. so. Hey, we've, we've had a couple of stinkers recently so it's nice to watch a, a good movie and yeah uh, this is a good movie and, and you know praise it throughout it's that's, that's, that's nice to have that that mm-hmm. feeling so that has been Total Recall uh, you can of course let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below and all that jazz oh I didn't tell you what's coming next week which I don't even really remember if I'm honest uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go check um, oh yeah yes and I may actually swap something around here depending where i have something scheduled because our vote that uh we had on patreon that just ended uh was for romantic movies because of valentine's day and it would make sense to do that earlier in the month perhaps so that it's closer to valentine's day okay um but we'll see we'll see if uh what if i don't even know what won the vote starman won the vote oh it's next yeah starman is next so, yes, you can let us know what you think of Total Recall in the comments. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters, at The Ace Podcast. And you can support us by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a nice review. More people will find us that way. You can support us financially, as we mentioned earlier, Patreon, patreon.com, slash MailFuzzTV. And Tara, I think, should recommend another show or two that we do on Mailfest TV. Something you want to recommend so they can go check it out? I
1: will recommend... That the people check out the top 50 movies of the decade list since you've been working really hard on those and they are quite fun. They are, uh, you get everybody from Mild TV and their top 50 films of the decade. Um, we all worked hard on building our list, but Peter's done a good job of editing them together. So it's a 10 part epic miniseries <laughs> from Mild TV. Check it out.
0: In fact, the day this goes up on Patreon early, because these episodes go up a week early on Patreon at the $5 tier, um, is the same day that part six should be up for everyone of that series. And then, by the time this goes out publicly, hopefully, will be close to part eight. <laughs> so, that's the that's the, the map right now of, of those, those episodes. They do take a lot of work, but they're they're really yeah. good. Um, I'm glad we did that. It's, it's definitely opened up the eyes of doing more content like that in the future of uh, getting everyone involved and sort of editing everyone together and all that sort of stuff, but uh, that is yeah, let's, let's go check it out. Uh, but that is the Atomic Cinema experiment. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction films and computer. That's Elsa. See you at the party, Richter. I was going to track a track a joke about uh, me having like fake fake memories and. You being the Sharon Stone of the podcast, and we're you're going to betray me? Oh, I'm me. definitely
1: the Sharon Stone of the podcast. I I claim that title right now.